A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush Monday. Uh, I'm here in the basement once again, and this week we have a very special, so, so special surprise guest, Mr. Josh Um Clark. (laughs) Hello, Chuck. Look at you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So uh, we should tell everyone that, you know, when we do stuff you should know, Here during this quarantine remotely, we don't use video because I have notes and I've just, I got to concentrate too much. But yeah. for Movie Crush, we're just fucking around. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> we're going to have to edit that out. Are you going to cuss? I don't that know. Because that was the first thing on my list. <laughs> I know I can, but should I? That would be so like you to not. <laughs> it totally would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would really piss me off. Just flaunting convention. It would piss you off. Well, then, (laughs) I don't know. We'll still see. God, I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. So uh, we were just showing off each other's uh, home studios because I haven't really seen your little situation there. That's it's much more professional looking than mine. I love it. You know, they'll buy you panels like of any variety if you want. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just talk to Jerry about it. She hooks it up. She's got a big old wad of cash that she pulls out and licks her thumb and says, how much you need, baby? <laughs> She's got panel cash yeah, on the hip. Yeah, she does. But I'm telling you, these little, the audience can't see them, but there's these things called bass traps in the corner. And uh-huh. they mwah, just do wonders, magic stuff. They seem to be trapping your bass. Man, Ruby is stomping upstairs and screaming. So is she, I can't hear her. What's she, what's she mad about? Uh, oh, who knows? Probably just being <laughs> locked in a fucking house for seven weeks with her parents. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although I thought like kids like that kind of thing. Um, she has to a point, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, everyone's going a little crazy at this point, I think. You don't say. <laughs> Can I tell people what you look like? Sure. <laughs> so Josh left, uh, I guess you left your headphones, your over the ear headphones at work or something. And so in order to keep sound from bleeding, you're wearing earbuds, but now you have tied one of Yumi's scarves around your head, yeah. like your like your wisdom teeth have been pulled. It's a really long scarf. It's wrapped around my giant head twice, long wise. <laughs> I think I can take Skype pictures. We should post one of these. <laughs> All right, I'll submit I don't know to how that. To do that though, in exchange for not cursing. How about that? Oh man! And at the very end of the episode, you'll say, <laughs> "Thanks for having me on." Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember in uh, Australia? At, well, I think it was Perth, maybe where the audience was really trying to get you to say the C word because they... Oh, uh, good Lord. Oh, that's oh, a, that's a means... great one. My eyes are closed <laughs> and I'm talking. I love that Oh, you one. can see that? Yeah. It it, it warned you. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a um, better. Yeah, because the C word means something else down there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like nothing to them. Yeah, it's like in England. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're fairly related, right? So they were trying to get you... To say it, and you wouldn't say it. And then at the very end, you just dropped it beautifully. Really? Because I don't remember. So, yeah, you were kind of drunk. <laughs> I think that hastened things along. But they, uh, they, I think we got a standing ovation for it, too. Because I, I think you were Ireland. like, good night, C's. <laughs> oh, I think I remember that now. I was, not, I, I was not Dublin drunk, though. No, Dublin drunk, you could barely stand up. Man. We can talk about this here, day. right? Yeah, about drinking? Yeah. We can talk about anything. Okay. No rules. All right, I like it. We're not under the thumb of Discovery Channel anymore. It's uh, it's thrilling and terrifying all at once. <laughs> so I have on my list, big intro, done. Check. Cursing, done. By you. Catch up. We're kind of catching up. Sure. Even though it's not like, you know, we talk a lot anyway, so it's not like, how you been the past seven weeks? How How, how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> What about I'm cats great. up? Is that next on the list? Uh, you know, I don't eat ketchup. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. Yeah, not into it. Wow. There's My kid good... loves it, though. Oh, I did know that because I'm always trying to get you to do curry ketchup. Yeah, Ruby eats it on her chicken fingers, which is an abomination. <laughs> I, I don't know who started that, but now it's the kind of thing where she can't not have it. Yeah. And it's it's just embarrassing. I'm like, <laughs> right. People are going to think we're trashy. <laughs> All the other parents are looking. Uh, so we also decided to do this uh, later. We do stuff you should know at 1 p.m. usually, and we're doing this and having a cocktail for the first time. Yeah, that's right. So why don't Not you tell for the everyone... first time. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chuck. I know this is your show, and I appreciate you having me on, but I have to interject. This is not for the first time, because if you'll remember, there were some early Stuff You Should Know. Uh, I didn't know if you were going to talk like, about that. dash out and get a beer, and then come back. It was back. always your idea. It was kind of Mad Men-esque. Yeah, I remember that. It was when we were working in a different office building in a different neighborhood of Atlanta, mm-hmm. and you would say, let's go have a beer before we record, because I think it loosened you up a little bit. Yeah. I don't even recognize that version of me anymore. <laughs> oh, dude, you know? I don't either. That was chain smoker, uh, <laughs> yeah. glasses wearing. Yeah. Shaved head. Pu- shaved head, pudgy, stubbly. Pudgy. That, I think pu- pudgy is generous, but thank you. You're not like that. You're a completely different human being now. Yeah, now I wear scarves wrapped around my head twice like I have a t- That's right. 
Yumi met you and she was like, come on, let's, she, let's, be, yeah. let's be the best you you can be. She goes, I've been looking for a project. <laughs> well, she did a great job. She did. She did. She can come and say hi if she wants to, by oh, the way. There are, there are no rules. I'll tell her that. Uh, so what are you drinking right now? Oh, um, I am drinking a vodka Red Bull. Oh, no, I'm okay. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that was surprising. Um, I'm drinking, uh, so I love mules of all kind, right? And I was like, um, I'd love to have a Kentucky mule, which is, you know, ginger beer and lime and uh, bourbon. Mm-hmm. We don't have any bourbon right now. It's a travesty. Um, oh, but we boy. do have rum. So I was like, oh, I could have a mule with rum. And then I realized it's a dark and stormy. So I'm having a dark and stormy complete with a Canada Dry Bold that we got for free because they advertised oh. with us on stuff. Oh, that's right. And it's pretty good. It's like a good good ginger beer out of a can kind of thing. If you need whiskey, I mean, I I can leave some on my porch. I have, you know, I have a huge stocked bar and I don't really... We're so into the wine. I don't drink a lot of that stuff. Oh yeah, so it just stays stocked. Okay, uh, and I could, you know, if you, if you're scared to go to the the whiskey store. No, I appreciate that. I would be much more comfortable coming to your porch than the whiskey store for sure. <laughs> That's right. So I am drinking a uh, a gin and tonic, but not kind of your standard gin and tonic. I finally found this stuff the the specialized tonic that I always talk about. Uh, first of all, it's Hendrix Gin. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking this local tonic. It's called Robust Tonic from the Liquid Laboratory. Nice. And I think you could probably order from the Liquid Laboratory. And this is the stuff that's made, you know, it's brown and it's made from the real chinchona bark or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then a little fever tree. You know, it's not just straight that stuff. You got to mix it with uh, club soda. So a little fever tree club soda. Okay. And I just threw a little dash of orange bitters in there because I was feeling squirrely. Yeah. I love it. Have you ever had pepper, like um, whole pepper corns in your uh, gin and tonic? No. That's how they do it in the UK. I think we were, we may have been in Dublin, another Dublin story. Um, and I got one before the show and they put it in this giant glass goblet and threw in a bunch of peppercorn. And wow. it really added some spice to it, like throat burning degree of spice. Was it black peppercorn? Yeah. Yeah. Just a hmm. big handful. It just threw it in there. Well, you know, our mutual friend, Ben Harrison of the Friendly Fire and mm-hmm. Next Gen podcast, mm-hmm. regular movie crusher, is uh, he uh, torches, and I don't think he invented it because I've seen it elsewhere, but he torches um, the, oh, fuck, what are the berries in the <laughs> I can't gin? believe you're saying. He torches, t- <laughs> are you weirded out? No, no, I just, I think it's very hilarious. You've heard me drop F-bombs for 12 years in real IRL. So I know, but a with a deal. microphone in front of you, it just changes things. But please, go ahead. So you, fuck, uh, you've told fuck, me this. Fuck, like, fuck, fuck, he, fuck, uh, fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. My brain is melting. Shit, shit, shit. He, uh, you, you were saying Ben does a, a um, smoked gin and tonic, right? Yeah, he smokes the juniper berries with a little chef's torch so cool. and turns the glass over upside down and just sort of lets it sit in there for a bit. Yeah. And then he flips it over and makes his drink. Yeah. And he goes, burn, motherfuckers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor oh, juniper I babies. knew it. I knew you would get there That's eventually. the one, too. That's what I say. <laughs> burn, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's not your big... ass or damn or something. <laughs> so I posted on the, the Movie Crush face, Facebook page that I had a very special guest long overdue. That's and there so were sweet. giddy people guessing they were like oh my god 
Is it Josh? Is it Josh? <laughs> that is so sweet. I really do appreciate you having me on, man. That, it means a lot to me. I know this is your jam. This is your thing. And for you to kind of invite me in just even for a moment, is it's it's quite an honor. Hey, I mean, it's not it's not like that. Like you had me on End of the World, so I had to repay the favor. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You played experts A through D. <laughs> um, no, well, we were looking for a movie. Uh, you had a couple of movies to do a regular episode. But then I've been invited, like Emily's done many crushes during the, the quarantine yep. and uh, I had Hodgman on. Yep. And I was like, I think it would be a lot more fun to get you in here for one of these where we just dick around. That's fine uh, with me. Than to deep dive on Paper Moon, which we can also do one day. But I love that movie so much. No, don't talk about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> save it. That's spoilers. Cool. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're A figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. 
It, it would have been, Ooh, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, dude. So here's what we do here. Uh, I'm sure you don't listen. I would not listen if I were you. <laughs> but we do uh, We do different segments. And uh, one of them for new guests that we always try to do, and this is especially great for you because it was the tradition of the haiku was born in Stuff You Should Know. But uh, we do something called Haiku Theater mm-hmm. where the movie crushers, who, by the way, are 100% Stuff You Should Knowers. I don't think there's one person who listens to movie crush do you have a lot of came, crossover oh it's it's only crossover i don't think one person listens that came by it just like oh this is a good movie podcast i, I got you that's <laughs> they're, sweet. they're all stuff you should know people that's sweet it is sweet but uh i mean you know it would be kind of good for the show if some other people came aboard but whatever <laughs> uh but what they do is they they write a haiku that describes a film and then the guest and it, this is not a competition. The guest uh, <laughs> has to has to offer up a suggestion. It's sort of like trying to stump you, but, you know, I, I don't want to make anybody feel bad, especially you. Thanks, man. Everybody wins. <laughs> well, it's like we'll a see. soccer game. <laughs> and this is, you know, I had Hodgman on the past two weeks, and this is much better because uh, oh, man. you know how, <laughs> how Hodgman is. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm holding back. I've got to throttle back. <laughs> I'm sure Hodgman just went from first to fifth, like automatically. That's what he does. Sure. That's great. That's Hodgman. We, we we love him. Of course. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna start off. Where did you go? I'm right here. You can't see me. No, I can. But you know, usually when you click uh, like a internet page, okay, there you go. It pops up a smaller. Are you window. looking at my bio? Huh? No. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> On your Wikipedia page? That that uh. Gin and tonic does sound pretty good, and you're going to have to send me the, or tell me the name of the tonic place again, okay? Uh, I'll just send you some. You've said that before. Well, but that was when I could just bring it into work, but believe it or not, I would probably be more prone to mail you one. Yeah. Because of quarantine, because everyone's in the sharing spirit. Okay, I'll take it, man. All right, I'll send you some. Thanks. And maybe throw some of that whiskey you were talking about in there, too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling that was coming. All right, so we're going to start off, and we'll go through a few of these. So do you understand your role here, what you're supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to complete the haiku? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave one syllable okay. in the last verse blank. <laughs> All right. I'm not very good at these, so this is going to be terrible. No, you're supposed to guess the movie that okay. they're describing. All right, gotcha. That's even better. So this is uh, from old pal uh, Callie Lewis mm-hmm. here, and it goes a little something like this: colonoscopy, sports bets, and anxiety. Furbies make great bling. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Good lord! Yet, okay, that means that it's kind of recent. Yeah, so this might not be fair. Um, the let's see, Furbies make great bling. Colonoscopy, uh, Moneyball. No, but good guess. Okay. Uh, Uncut Gems. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, I've that heard nothing that. but good things. I mean, I loved it. It's a very divisive film. Uh, oh, is a it? lot of people hated it. Why? Because it's 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 one long panic attack on screen. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I mean, not really. It's more of a panic attack for the for the audience, but 
I'm not going to go any further because I know you hate spoilers worse than I might like that. Anything. I, I like the Revolutionary Road, which is one long horrific fight between a husband and wife that ends in the mm. wife dying, I believe. Sorry if to anyone who's not seen Revolutionary Road. No, that's all right. I think I saw that once, but that was not a movie I could dive into again. It's all you need. That one yeah. time. It was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to see uh, Leo survived the the cold Atlantic. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. they were reunited. They should do another movie together. Oh, you know what? It didn't even occur to me that those two were in Titanic together. Yeah, they survived Titanic and then got married and hated each other. Right, yeah. They're like, this is a terrible mistake. I wish you would have died. There was room on that raft. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people mention that. And she's like, no. Yeah, that's a thing. I'm comfy. I don't want to scoot over. <laughs> All right. Let me see here. So I'm 0 for 1. Okay, here's one. We're not keeping score. That comes later. <laughs> uh, Courtney Abbott says this. Uh-huh. Smarter than he looks. He loves her, but he's hurting. How about them apples? Oh, well, that is goodwill hunting. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, nice. I was going to say, is there like a bell sound <laughs> effect or something? I, I literally just looked around knowing that I don't have, I have a kazoo. Oh, okay. No. Mm. That's not even a kazoo. That's a, <laughs> that's that's the a opposite fake kid's kazoo. <laughs> uh, all right. That was good. Usually there's one good line that gives it away. Like, how about them apples? Sure. Uh, I'm not going to read that because I'm sure you haven't seen the new Cats. No. No, I, as a matter of fact, I saw Cats on stage at the Fox, and it was maybe the only time in my life I've purposefully tried to make myself go to sleep because I oh, couldn't really? leave. I was with my dad, I believe, and he was driving, so I, I just couldn't just leave. I had to stay there, and I didn't want to be awake any longer. I love that your dad took you to Cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, we did a lot of weird stuff together, me and dad. He'd always hand me like a handful of pills, of like herbal vitamins. Right. <laughs> He'd be like, take these. You're going to need it. Right. I told I told you my Annie story, right? When we went and saw Annie on uh, Broadway at the Fox or whatever, the Broadway version on, at the Fox. I don't think so. I love Annie. Like, I'm a big fan, but I don't know what it was that night. I kind of just like needed to step out and I went into the lobby of the Fox and- during a show, you know, the lobby of the Fox is great because mm-hmm. it's empty. And mm-hmm. I went to have a drink and I asked for a whiskey. And uh, the guy poured me the just barely under the rim of the jigger. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> I was like, no one's around. I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at Annie. And he was like, well, sir, if you'd like to pay for a double shot. Oh. And I, oh, that made me so mad. Right. He said, this will be affecting your tips, sir. <laughs> no, of course I tipped him because I'm a dummy. Uh, all right, really? here's Zach. Well, yeah, I mean, what you know, guy. that's. I think places like that, they're they're under uh, under the thumb of big theater. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that was a personal decision on that guy's part, frankly. Um. All right, we're gonna go with Zach Lowe here. You may know this. I. You're gonna be shocked that I don't think I've ever seen this movie. Okay. From the eighties. Okay. From the eighties, I said. I heard you. Zach Lowe says this. Alex breaks record. The music man recruits him. Victory or death? What? It's from the 80s? Mm-hmm. Music man recruits him. Like, does he mean literally the production of the music man brings him on? <laughs> no. Music I'll give you another hint. Him. It was a, a sci-fi film from the 80s. Very sort of iconic. 
80s kids sci-fi film. Oh, um, The Last Starfighter? Yes. I, what music, man? I don't know, and it's in all caps, too. The capital M, capital M. Huh. Oh, you know, maybe the guy who played that character who recruited him was the music man from the other, from the music man. Maybe. That would be my guess. I think it was, I want to say it was Mandy Patinkin, but I could be thinking of him in Alien Nation. Mm, and he is a music man. He's not the music man. <laughs> right. He's one of many. Great points. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Can you believe I've never seen that movie? Isn't that weird? At this point, you've seen just the the most random, you've not seen the most random hodgepodge assortment of movies that I can actually believe that you've never seen that. You, the sh- that ship may have sailed. Okay. Like, I think like, you're, you're going to. Maybe that, maybe when your daughter is old enough to appreciate it, you should watch it with her. We're trying to make the Goonies decision now. We're like, is it too early for the Goonies? Because we're that's of all movies, that and E.T. Mm-hmm. and probably Jurassic Park are the three movies we're just dying to show her. Yeah, I can feel you. Um, I've never been into the Goonies very much. As a matter of fact, I don't know that I've seen it all the way through. I think I've seen all of it just in bits and pieces, but not from start to finish ever. Well, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna close. That's shocking to me, but you've seen not seen a, a very random eclectic. But we're gonna save that because there's a there's a segment on that. Okay. Everyone know, that listens knows what's coming. Uh, Brian Ridge says this: Travolta is big, mm-hmm. prolific fiction writer, but missing Xenu. Xenu is the big giveaway there. But but it's missing Xenu. Well, I mean, what would Xenu be in? There's only one movie. Uh, so oh, um The Last Starfighter. <laughs> <laughs> Battle is it Battle for Earth? Is that the the movie was ba- Battlefield Earth, yes. Okay. The Scientology close. movie. So wait, did Travolta play a, a an author in there or something? No, no, no. He played <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Battlefield Earth is about an author that just can't crack his first novel. <laughs> <laughs> it just I could it threw me off. Were they making an L. Ron Hubbard reference? Yeah, yeah. Are we allowed to say his name? Sure. Okay, I didn't know. What, you thought he was banned from crossing our lips? No, no. I was worried that I was gonna get you sued. Oh. <laughs> you no, movie I mean, crush. <laughs> if I got sued for movie crush, you would still be a defendant. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I know, but we're in this together. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, I think you've seen this one. This is from Kenneth Hannon. Mm-hmm. You've seen Wicker Man? Yeah. Well, this is like Wicker Man with a female lead. That's a haiku, huh? That's a, that's pretty clever. You've seen Wicker Man? Well, this is like Wicker Man with, with a, a female, female lead. Yep. Lead. Five seven five. Hmm. I just watched the original Wicker Man the other day, which doesn't mm. help things at all. Good movie. It is very good. the The remake wasn't very good. I didn't see that. It wasn't very good. I um, refuse. With the female lead, and it's a movie, right? It has to be a movie. I don't think you've seen this then, if you haven't gotten it by now. Um, Romancing the Stone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. I just pulled that one out of thin air. Uh, no, it's Midsommar. Have you not oh, seen that yet? yes, yes. Yeah, I can oh, totally see, see that now. Yeah, yeah, I loved yeah, okay. it. It was Did you? really disturbing. 
Also a divisive movie. Well, yeah, I could see a lot of people disliking that movie for sure. You know, Nolan and I went on and on about it. I, I loved a lot of things about it. I thought it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it was top-notch filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I thought it was too long. I think they could have cut out 20 minutes of that movie easily. They agreed. It, like, at least one of those eating scenes. And <laughs> that that whole first mushroom trip was very cool and accurate, but uh-huh. I don't think it moved the story along any. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it was some pretty ham-fisted foreshadowing for sure. But yeah. At the same time, one thing that I've learned that with, with a movie like that, and this is just my personal take, when when something seems like overly long, mm-hmm. I really have come to think like, I really think that director might have been onto something in that they, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just me because sometimes I go on overly long when I'm saying something as I'm doing right now, but... <laughs> It, with a movie like Midsummer, I don't know if the end impact or the general dread or whatever it was that gets built up into you from watching that movie would have been quite as impactful had they yeah. taken out you know one of those dinner scenes. I, I totally agree with you. It could have it could have happened, and it would have been virtually the same movie, but it may not have been the same movie in in that. It may not have gotten you that much. I could also be wrong because what really turns that movie is when that uh, older couple jump from the cliff. Like, oh boy! I mean, that does everything you need, and that happens in like the first twenty minutes, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was brutal. It was I don't know about twenty minutes because it took a while to get going. But no, I never really thought about that because it is a movie that counts on a very slow burn sense of dread. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe if you miss, apparently there's like a fucking five hour version. Oh, really? Yeah. I I don't know if even I could make it through that one. <laughs> Did you see? You saw Hereditary, right? Yeah, I like that one. Um, I think I liked them both equally, to tell you the truth. But when I think of movies like that, my mind inevitably goes to The Witch. Um, I yeah. know it's not the same guy. Uh, I always want to call him Dave Eggers, but I think it's Robert Eggers, right? I think it's Robert Eggers did The Lighthouse and The Witch. Yes. And I mean, we've talked about this before and stuff you should know. Yeah. Like, The Lighthouse is one of the better movies ever made. This, it, Not just with... Loved it. Like, everything about it. The cinematography, like, each shot's layout. The acting is about as good as any two people have ever acted in their entire lives. I know. They got it, so robbed. They really did. Um, and the dialogue... It just seems like if you were reading the dialogue, you'd be like, Jesus, when is this, you know, monologue going to end? Um, yeah. Or this one long run on sentence. But the like all the more reason to take your hat off to those guys for being able yeah. to nail it and sell it. I, I really do. I agree. I think they got robbed for sure. But anyway, yeah. I think The Witch is one of the best movies of all time, for sure. I and, loved it. And I, I need to see that again. It, yeah, you can watch it over and over again. It's one of those ones. It's not like um, like Revolutionary Road. You can watch that <laughs> one and, and enjoy it multiple times. Kind of like also the uh, Black Coat's daughter. Oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Uh, I saw, you know, I'm not like the biggest meme guy, but some of these pandemic quarantine memes have been kind of funny. Yeah. And I, I saw one the other day that had, uh, it had the girl from... Uh, hereditary on the left side (laughs) and it it said uh, 2020 is going to be my year and then right below it it just had a telephone pole (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good 
I saw Brutal. one uh, today, actually, that was, um, it said, us rolling into January 2020. And it's Danny and Sandy from Greece, like through the uh-huh. windshield of the convertible. And yeah. then it says, us rolling into May 2020. And it's um, Vincent Vega and Mia Wallace, was- <laughs> like through the windshield. <laughs> it's just perfect. Whoever came like, up with a- that. If after her OD, I suppose. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she looks pretty rough. <laughs> and he funny. looks all mad. <laughs> oh, man. They shouldn't, man, what a genius casting would it have been if Uma Thurman would have been uh, Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> that would have been pretty genius. I don't know right, if she maybe could have l- pulled it off. <laughs> no, I don't think so. God bless her. Uh, all right, let's do one more of these. Because, as you know, you and I both hate haikus. <laughs> that's our that's our dirty secret. It's not so much that I hate haiku. It's that I hate losing, and I'm losing right now. So, Oh, you're not losing. Wow, there's another Last Starfighter one. Interesting. That is interesting. I'm going to read it just because I, I shouldn't say that because Brian Clark right now is probably like, oh, no. Uh, Harold Hill in Space, mm-hmm. Death Blossom, The Last Resort, Victory or Death. The Last they Starfighter. the same last line. You got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, here, here we go. We'll finish up with Mike Sams, okay. one of our old pals. He says this. Uh-oh. The cellos. A sign something must be near. Avoid the water. Uh-oh, the cellos. The musical instrument. Yeah. What was the middle part again? A sign that something must be near. Okay. A sign. Oh, wait. A sign something must be near. Uh-huh. And then avoid, avoid the water. Avoid the water. Uh, is it Titanic? No. Okay, hold on. Wait. Not a me. bad guess. There were cellos and, and water. Yeah, right. <laughs> In the Titanic. Right. Um, and the an iceberg was near. Um, what about... Hmm, oh, wait, the cellos. He could be talking about like the... Um, <laughs> what about... Oh, Jaws, Jaws, Bob. Jaws. Yes. Jaws. <laughs> I did it, Chuck. Yank, 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 yes. Yank, yank. I finally... I was thinking that like they showed somebody playing a cello and it just <laughs> took me off on the wrong path. That was a good one. Yeah, these these are tough. That was a good one. These can be hard. All right, we're going to move on to another, uh, and this one is, it's not a competition, it's a competition with yourself, but it's the only Movie Crush segment where I do keep score, and it is also a tradition for a guest on the Mini Crushes, uh, and it's called Josh's Holes. Okay. So this is where I make a list of 20 films, Okay. usually usually in a genre, uh, and the goal, not the goal, but the... uh, the what what ends up happening is we expose your movie holes <laughs> okay. on whether or not you have seen this film. So it's easy. All you got to do is say, yes, I have seen it or no. Okay. And then feel free to elaborate and pontificate. Okay. At the this end game, or, or bit by bit? Because this can no, go a couple whenever. hours. No, whenever. It, no. It, with Hodgman, it took quite a long time. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it started out as Noel's holes, but then everyone has, uh, we did Emily's holes. Mm-hmm. Hodgman's Holes, mm-hmm. and then when Annie was on Mini Crush, we did uh, movies Annie hasn't seen yet. Nice. Because, you know, we work together. I didn't want to. <laughs> I think that was wise, Chuck. That's the wisdom fired. that comes with working in the same place for 13 years. That's right. Uh, Annie's a beloved guest. Everyone loves her, by the way. Yeah, she's great. No, no surprise. 
All right. So uh, here we go. Number one. And here's the, uh, here's the category. Uh-huh. I didn't want to like, <clears throat> I kind of know what you've seen and what you hadn't, but the whole goal is not to like, see if I can get you. <laughs> the goal is to be as random as possible. Mm-hmm. So I lobbed out very popular movies and then I went with 80s and 90s Best Picture nominees. Okay, well, you mean I recently watched Girls Just Want to Have Fun, so check that one <laughs> off of your list. <laughs> Had you, have you all seen that yet? Oh, she that grew up time? on it. She was just like okay, just sitting there with her her hands like right. beneath her chin just, just having the greatest time. And I'm like, I don't remember any dance competition in this movie. Man, I'm trying to imagine not having a kid and being able to just watch as many movies and yeah. things as you want and read books yeah. and all that good stuff. It, it, it is nice. Like, it, you know, life isn't, isn't all just champagne and roses without No, of kids. course. You know, there's still a lot of responsibility no. that comes along. And everyone is stressed out. I'm not trying to minimize, uh, saying like, oh, if you're single or if you don't have kids, a fucking walk in the park. <laughs> right. I don't want to hear it from you. All right. I didn't take We're gonna it start. that way. I don't think anybody Good. would. We're going to start with a little movie called Raging Bull. Uh, I have not seen it. Okay. Are you doing these chronologically? Uh, the first 10 are 80s. The, the second 10 are 90s. Okay. I, I have to say I detected a distinct note of um, negative judgment in your okay. <laughs> well, that is a uh, that is a holes tradition it's sort of a character i go into uh-huh. when someone misses one uh-huh. i just go mm-hmm. all right so you've got like that you would be a really good um polygraph test giver oh i would rule i mean you just kind of nailed that <laughs> that part so. did you did you murder your wife no okay mm, i see that's your answer <laughs> i see all right question two uh-huh. what'd you have for breakfast this morning <laughs> <laughs> i had uh Oh, do you want to know? I had toast with apricot jam. Okay. I see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two is a movie starring Catherine Hepburn, Henry Fonda, and Jane Fonda called On Golden Pond. I have not seen that one either. Okay. I, I, I'm, I don't feel at all bad about that. Defiant. <laughs> yep. You're, that okay just bounced right off of my armor. <laughs> bounced right off that scarf around your face? Yep. <laughs> I must look so ridiculous right now. It's pretty great. I'm, I'm used to it already. Good. All right. Number three, a little comedy uh, starring Dustin Hoffman and featuring Bill Murray and also starring, uh, oh shit, what's her name? Jessica Lange. Uh-huh. Tootsie. <clears throat> Started it the other day, didn't make it through the first five minutes. Really? There is a montage that is many minutes long <laughs> of Dustin Hoffman teaching acting. And I can't yeah. think of a lamer thing that anyone outside of the <laughs> acting profession would want to see. It was so self-congratulatory and just, I was like, I'm totally over this. It wasn't funny. There was nothing that sucked me in. I was okay. I, I stayed as long as I did because I know it's like supposedly just one of the all-time great movies, and I just couldn't do it. All right. Plus, so, I'm not so a five huge, minutes. <laughs> not a huge Dustin Hoffman fan anyway. Like I well, like him I love, just fine when I like him, yeah. but I'm not. I don't seek out his work, you know. I love Dustin Hoffman, but mm-hmm. he was uh, he was swept up in the Me Too movement as being a perv with that uh, a, a handsy perv with one of his assistants or somebody. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I heard about that. 
it just kind of when that came, faded yeah, out, but at, so did he as well. I haven't heard from him for, for a while. Well, it's not like he was still lighting up the box office, you know? Yeah. All right. Number four. I know you've seen this, okay. or at least I praise, uh, pray to God that you've seen this. Okay. A little movie that featured a boiling bunny called Fatal Attraction. No. Okay. I've seen the bunny part. I've seen the end many times. I've okay. seen the sexy elevator scene. I've seen them walking through the carnival. Like, I've seen that like 14 times, the elevator <laughs> right. scene. I had HBO when I was a kid. I saw it earlier today a couple of times. <laughs> um, so, no, I have not. I can't say that I've seen Fatal Attraction. So, seen means you've seen the whole movie all the way through at least once, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've not. Yeah. I can't say. I'm really sorry. I swear to no, God, I'm cold. I, I like movies. <laughs> well, you're pulling it. You were pulling a Noel there. That's what Noel does. Like, oh, I've seen parts of it, and like, I think I've kind of seen it in patches. And that is a great yeah. Noel impression. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> uh, you would like Fatal Attraction. That is a great, great '80s thriller. I like the ending a lot. I mean, I, I'm I thought it was great the end part, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I went to go watch that a second time, and I was like, nah, I'm just going to fast forward to like the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, because I it, it it's great to see all that build up once, but after that, yeah. it's, you know, I don't think you need to see it again. I didn't need to see it again. You just want to see the Manson family get brutalized. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, was, it was a movie that was sort of built around, I mean, I loved it, but... It was sort of built around a big, long setup right. and a big kapow of an ending. Yeah, and I, I, I know I must sound hypocritical having just defended Midsummer for the same thing. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood. Maybe in a couple of years I'll watch the whole thing all the way through because it is a beautifully done film, if you ask me. It is. It was great. Are you? All right. I thought you didn't like his stuff that much. Uh, well, you know, my deal with Tarantino, and everyone's sick of hearing about this on this show, but oh, sorry, I love everybody. his early stuff and. Uh, I just think he needs to edit stuff down a bit. He's a little too indulgent. That that movie days. is a good example of that for sure. Yeah, but I like this one more than I've liked anything since uh, the Nazi the Nazi one. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, you didn't like Hateful Eight, huh? Oh, that was probably my least favorite. I like that one a lot. I liked really? it even better the second time I saw it too. I don't know if I could get through it a second time. <laughs> yeah. It was so goddamn long. It is very long and kind of circuitous, but I liked it. There was a lot more action in that than there was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that's what really? it takes to keep my interest. <laughs> it was set in one room. <laughs> I know, but there was a lot going on and there was like a lot of mystery to it and intrigue. And there was way yeah. more going on in that one room than there was in all of Los Angeles and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Whoa. Mm. All right. I didn't hate it or anything, and I will say that I laughed every time they did the door, nailing the door shut bit. <laughs> yeah. That was, <laughs> that was really good. funny. Yeah. All right, number five, another Dustin Hoffman movie, as it turns out. A little movie about Tom Cruise and his big brother called Rain Man. Yes. I've seen that a couple right. times. You're like, that does, okay. I don't get to put two yeses. <laughs> All right, Rain Man, good movie. Very dated, though. I could see that. And I'm not saying that in a way that, like, it doesn't hold up, but it just, it is so 80s. Oh, yeah, that one scene where they're coming down the escalator in the matching yeah. super 80s, like, high-button yeah. mock 
collar shirts and the he's like a no Testarossa tie. salesman or something like that, isn't he? Yeah, like high end sports car. He's a he's just a douche. Yeah, he does that one well. All right, number six, a little movie about baseball and dreams called Field of Dreams. Yes, many times. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you have the MLB network, it's on eight times a day. Is it really? Especially now, but even before, they show Field of Dreams and Eight Men Out constantly in the offseason. Those good movies. Yeah, but that's it. Apparently, that's all they've got. It's like, you're aware of the Bad News Bears, right? Has there ever been a bad baseball movie? Uh, Maybe Major League Two wasn't that great? But think about it. The Field of Dreams, The Natural, Eight Men Out, Bad News Bears, the first Major League. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Mm -hmm. Oh, there was that one. uh, Angels in the Outfield probably wasn't great. (laughs) And then there was, oh, wait, there was that other one with the kid that played the pitcher for the Cubs. I don't know that one. Oh, I can't remember. Was the it name Gary of it. Coleman? <laughs> oh God, I wish. <laughs> did he die? Yes, he did. He died, frankly, somewhat mysteriously. If you ask me, uh, I think he supposedly fell down the stairs at his home in Utah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know much more than that. But I always thought it was weird. You're like he died by falling down the stairs, and his wife was known to be quite shovy. <laughs> <laughs> she had the pushy I hands. I saw uh, Webster in the airport once. I saw Webster at Lenox Mall once. Really? Yeah, that's very odd that that is a celebrity that we've both seen before. <laughs> Independently, that's weird. When uh, when did you see him? Uh, this is when I was living in L.A., so it was uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay, I saw him, uh, I don't know. This is when last... he was short. <laughs> right. <laughs> I saw him after that. Uh, this was like maybe five, six years ago, and he was carrying a duffel bag of laundry over his shoulder through the mall, which was a very odd sight to oh, see wow. on top of seeing Webster at the mall. Oh, I thought you were going to say like on top of a pack mule. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just slowly walking through, making eye contact with everyone. Is he still alive? I don't know. I knew you were going to ask that, and you beat me to it. Yeah. All right. Number seven. Okay. A movie starring Harrison Ford about... Uh, a little murder that happens in an Amish community called Witness. Yes, I saw that one in theaters, as a matter of fact. Ooh, I feel like I should give you a bonus for that. I think you should. I could use it. All right, I picked this one because I know you've seen it. So, uh, a movie about astronauts called The Right Stuff. Yes. So, I've got a little story about that one. That was, like, my dad just loved that movie for some reason. And we went and rented it. And it came as, like, three videotapes. This oh, is wow. like... You know, where you went to the the video store and there was like five movies and it was Beverly Hills Cop, Looker, Runaway, and The Right Stuff basically were your choices when you went to the, to the video store. And so he had my whole family watch The Right Stuff on his birthday, which happens to be the 4th of July. And he made um, Garbage Pail Stew, which is like a bunch of sausage and like cabbage heads and all this stuff yeah, that you yeah. cook over a flame in a new garbage pail. It's supposed to be new. You don't want to do it in a used garbage pail. It's gross. But that's my that. my memory of the right stuff is watching it like that. Well, and you are a, a current, you and you, me both, are current space exploration enthusiasts. Yes, we're going down to Florida on May 27th for the manned launch. 
the human launched for the first time. Which is NASA? Uh, I or Elon Musk. I think it's Elon Musk, as a matter of fact. Who's yeah? No, I'm sorry. It's definitely SpaceX that's sending these guys to the to the um, ISS. Okay. Um, because that's you know it's such a big deal that that we rely on Russia to ferry American astronauts to the International right. Space Station, like seventy million bucks a seat. So this is an enormous thing that like we're taking that back over, and they're going to be shooting them into space from Cape Canaveral. So we're going to be watching that. We're pretty psyched awesome. about it, actually. Yeah, it's amazing. But so yeah, the right stuff. I've seen it. All right, you have equalized, my friend. Oh, really? At at eight in, we have equalized. Thank you. All right, number nine, a movie about a little musician called Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, could, called Amadeus. Could not make it through that one. Okay, fair enough. It's long. Did you see it? Sure. Okay. Uh, number 10. <laughs> no more to say about that. A movie that oddly introduced me to Motown music, <laughs> even though I didn't see the movie mm-hmm. until 20 years after I listened to the soundtrack as a 12-year-old. Okay. About a group of 30-something boomers called The Big Chill. No, I've not seen The Big Chill. But I did see that one Saturday Night Live sketch that was based on it when Glenn Close hosted Oh, I didn't, I didn't and I guess part of the movie is she like offers her husband to her friend who is trying to have a baby. Yeah, and they right. go and like you know do it, as it were. And okay. um, in, the, in this the sketch, it's the same premise, but she's like downstairs, you know, just kind of being you know super feely and just in at one with the universe for having made this gesture. But uh-huh. they're like really start to go at it. With an earshot, <laughs> she just starts kind of second guessing her decision because that's pretty funny. They seem to be having like a really intense time at it. Yeah. Like she thought it was going to be some kind of clinical, like let's just get you pregnant. Yeah, or like you know, just something sweet, and probably quick. She's like sitting there in a big, you know, chunky sweater, like drinking a, a glass of tea or a mug of tea. They're just like making a lot of noise. Wow, that's really funny. Yeah. That's a great idea for a sketch, it actually. Is. All right, number eleven. Uh, a movie about a real-life doctor okay. called Awakenings. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. It was like the antithesis of a follow-up, Patch Adams, which I did right. see. In about the, the theater. same doctor, right? Huh? Same doctor, right? Wasn't that no, no, no. the same guy? No, totally different doctor. The first one was oh. Oliver Sacks, the famous Oliver Sacks, the neurologist. <laughs> That's right. Patch Adams was about a it's about, clown doctor. It's about Patch Adams, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Oliver Sacks just sat up in his grave and laughed himself back to death with that one. (laughs) But Patch Adams is just such a terrible movie that I was, I felt robbed having seen it in the theater. It's just so bad. So it's weird that you saw that in the theater. Melodramatic, you know? A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. 
Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, number 12, a true uh, true life film or a true story, as most normal people would say, mm-hmm. called Bugsy. Never saw it. Okay. Yeah, I'm really sorry, man. Are you, you sure that apologize. a lot of people like <laughs> haven't seen most of the films on these lists? That people in general have seen these or have not? Past guests. Oh, you know what, Noel? Believe it or not, usually it comes down to the wire. Okay. At the very end it's with Noel. Like 50-50? Yeah, okay. and it comes down to like the last couple. Hodgman got trounced, if that makes you feel any better. Oh, that makes me feel a lot better. I added uh, independent films because I thought he would fare well. Oh, oh, I can't wait to hear that one. And he got kind of killed. <laughs> I can't wait. To, that's going to be delicious. All right, number 13, a movie about, uh, well, it's a movie about a lot of things. It's called The Crying Game. I've not seen it, but I love that song by Boy George. Yeah, good one, huh? Yes. And um, that's one of those ones. So Netflix and Prime, one of the few good things that's come out of this this COVID-19 crisis is like they have really started to throw some stuff at their 
at their libraries that weren't yeah. there before. It was getting a little a little weak for a little while, and they've definitely thin. stepped their game up. Yeah, definitely thin. And the crying game is up there. Um, there's a whole bunch of new James Bond, like Roger Moore 80s James Bond, which I think mm-hmm. is just the best. Although now sure. that I go back and see him, I see what you're talking about. It is pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, but that's who we grew up with. Sure. Um, but there's just a lot of a lot of much better movies, higher caliber movies than there there usually are on there. So I'm kind of yeah. slowly knocking them out. I watched um, Velvet Buzzsaw uh, two nights ago, and that does not. I qualify. haven't seen that yet. It's not that great. Oh, really? If you like Nightcrawler, you're going to be grossly disappointed by Velvet Buzzsaw. That's the one about the art scene yeah. with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal, it's Rene Russo, it's the same director, I think, Dan Gilroy. And I think that's her husband. It's oh, is it? Um mm. it's it's a it's a good diversion, it's something different, it's offbeat, um, but it just doesn't know what it wants to be. Like if you go into it not expecting much, you you might enjoy it to an extent. Okay, number fourteen. And if that was a weird pickup, I don't even remember what I was saying. I went to go get a phone plug and make another drink. You peed. Uh-huh. I'm still on the so, same drink. Well, that's good for you. Hey, I've got a little tip for you. So this dark and stormy, you know, it's just like okay. ginger beer, rum, and um, mm-hmm. lime. I put a little like quarter ounce of velvet falernum in there, and it just velvet took what? It. Velvet falernum. It's the it's the liqueur that makes tiki drinks taste tiki. And so I gave like a little tiki twist to this dark and stormy, which is a tiki drink in in its heart, and it's okay. I strongly recommend it. All right. It, it Velvet Flurnum. It made it pop in the words of marketing departments everywhere. Oh, yeah. Marketing departments are the best. <laughs> All right. So number 14. Okay. You're not doing as bad as you thought. You can make a big, strong comeback here. Okay. Uh, I think you might have seen this. A movie with Daniel Day-Lewis, another true story, called In the Name of the Father. No, I didn't. Okay. Everybody, you can't see this right now, but my face is in my palm. <laughs> no, this is all just fun. It's not, uh, no one should ever feel bad about their holes. Sure, but isn't the point to expound upon like each movie? Yeah. Well, I for can't sure. do that because I haven't seen them. Well, no, but it's, you can expound upon why you haven't seen it too. I did not see it because I was um, not into. Daniel Day-Lewis at the time. I'm just going to come out and say okay. it, okay? And there was a brief time where I was in a Daniel Day-Lewis, and that stopped starting with <laughs> There Will Be Blood. Uh, d- you didn't like that one? No. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough movie. There was a point where uh, Paul Thomas Anderson started making movies that are hard to enjoy. Yeah, for sure. We walked out of Inherent Vice, actually. Yeah, Inherent Vice, uh, There Will Be Blood, The Master, and Phantom Thread. They're not like enjoyable, Mm -hmm. quote, enjoyable, unquote, movies. Mm -hmm. I know. It's sad because the guy is just so amazing, but he's making movies. And there's definitely a reason to do this. Like, I see a value in it, making movies for yourself. But I think he's missing the point. Like, usually that means, like, make a movie that you will enjoy, but not just you, like other people as well. Like he is literally making a movie for himself and and maybe a small group of friends. And then I, I, I mean, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, as it were, but I feel like there's probably a lot of people who, especially in his later work, enjoy yeah. it because there's a sense that 
if you don't enjoy it, you are maybe lacking culturally or artistically right. or intellectually. And, and yeah, yeah. That's no reason to like a movie. Like, you like a movie because you like the movie. So, I mean, yeah. anyone who did like There Will Be Blood or any of the other movies that he's made lately, um, that's great. I have no problem with that. But don't like a movie just because you think you're supposed to have to like a movie. Yeah, I mean, I liked them all, but they were just challenging movies. Mm -hmm. Like, none of them have protagonists that you can get behind. Mm -hmm. And that's always tough. But you'll be glad to know his next movie, which was supposed to be shooting right now. So I imagine they're not imagine they're they've got to be delayed. Sure. But uh, he's making a movie, I think, about like high school, a high school kid in the 70s in L.A. That sounds like that could be up my alley. So I don't think it's unless he's just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> It won't be another movie about a character that you can't identify with. Right. He's get, he pitched it like, okay, it's just like Dazed and Confused, except unwatchable. <laughs> it's going to kill. Except this guy's a real prick and everyone hates him. Right. It's going to suck the money right out of your bank account. <laughs> All right. Number 15. I think you've probably seen this. A movie about a pig called Babe. Babe just saw for the first time in a decade or so. And okay. Chuck, when's the last time you saw Babe? It's been a long time. It's a pretty magical movie. It is maybe the most magical. <laughs> it might be. Like, you forget that you're not actually watching a talking pig and that this is not that pig's personality. And, and like, it's just, it, not only does it hold up, it's actually managed to get better. James Cromwell's delightful in He's it. He's awesome. Um, I don't know the, the actress who plays his wife. Um, she's, she's great. Like everybody in that movie is just great. The dogs are great. Like the whole movie <laughs> is just wonderful. Like if you haven't seen Babe in a while, or if you yeah. just saw Babe yesterday, watch it again right after this. I think Ruby could probably watch that yep. by now. Yeah, for sure. And I think she would, she would she's definitely reached the age where she could watch it and appreciate it. But I think also She's got years ahead of her to appreciate it on different levels as well. Right. Uh, you know, Jesse Thorne, our mutual friend, is uh, he's a big fan of Babe 2, Pig in the City. He said, that's amazing. I and I never I saw, saw that. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. I may go take my own advice and watch it right after this. All right. Okay. That was So, so that counts. That was one. And I expounded yes, on count. it. So I, I fulfilled my <laughs> obligation. Uh, I, I have a feeling you have not seen this movie. Uh, I feel bad because it just doesn't seem like a movie you would see. Um, the English Patient. With um, uh, Sean Thomas Scott. Yes. Right. <laughs> that was a crossover reference, huh? It was. Uh, and I have not seen it. With Ray Fiennes and Kristen Scott Thomas set in World War II yeah. in the desert, I think. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I have you know not a lot seen about it. it. All right, so here's the deal. Oh wait, if how did if I you sweep these? If you sweep these last four, okay, then you equalize. All right, I'm just and gonna lie say, then. <laughs> All right, <laughs> there's nothing to stop you from doing okay. that. Okay. Oh well, I wish you would have told me that at the beginning of this. <laughs> I think you've seen. You might have seen all four of these. Okay. All right, number seventeen, L.A. Confidential. Yes, that was a good movie. Uh, that was when right. I was like, I like this guy Pierce character. He's all right. Okay. And that and uh, Russell Crowe was so good in that. It's like yeah. sort of the thug cop who beats up all the right people. Yeah, he's a really like overlooked actor, even though he was, you know, one of the biggest stars of the late 90s, early 2000s. 
I think a lot of people, because he went around beating people up at the same time in real life, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that kind of overshadowed his actual acting abilities. But if you go back and look at some of his stuff, I think um, he was really good in The Insider. Did you see that one? With, oh, um, yeah, man. Pacino is like a, a, a reporter or something like that or a producer. Ooh-ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he actually does that. In the, he ends a phone call like that. Um but he was great in that. He was great in Master and Commander. He was like he was wonderful Dude, in Master and Commander. So great. It really is. And what the one thing that's weird about that movie is they set it up like they knew it was going to be a franchise and then it just never panned out. Yeah. Like there was a colon in the name like they expected there to also be like Master and Commander Spring Break or something like that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Show me your tits. <laughs> He, uh, you, well, there, you know, you probably knew, but there was a there's a bunch of Master and Commander books. Okay, yeah, I did. I knew it was based on a book, so they just chose one book. Yeah, and I think there was a big series, so that was probably why the colon was there. I got gotcha. you. That That's one sense. of the most realistic. Like the lighthouse is another one, like where the realism mm-hmm. really just like sells the movie. Yeah. And Master and Commander was was like, how did they even go about making that movie? Yeah, no, I know they they did a. A magnificent job. Another one that kind of sucks you in, but at the same time, it maintains like the whole blockbuster feel to it. You know, like it it yeah. lifts you up and kind of carries you off with it. So I have seen. Uh, what was the question? I don't even know. Okay, <laughs> whatever it was that counts as one I've seen. I already deleted it here. Let me undo that because I am curious. L.A. Confidential. That's right. And you just did like a pull quote for the movie poster. It lifts you up and carries you with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Says Josh Clark. Right. They're going to start printing movie posters for Master and Commander, <laughs> Other Side of the World again, just to get that one out there. All right. Number 18, a movie about death row and magic, The Green Mile. Yes, I have seen that a couple times. I didn't okay. like it nearly as much as Shawshank Redemption, but I'll bet yeah, every agreed. single person who's ever seen The Green Mile said that same exact sentence. But it I is still good. Right. Michael Clark, I think there's Duncan? a third. Yes. Yeah. It's in there somewhere. It's either his middle name or his last name. Michael Duncan Clark. I think he died, didn't he? I believe he did, as a matter of fact. Within the last <sighs> like few years. Yeah. He was Sad. wonderful in that. Just pulled at your heartstrings. And that Percy guy, the bad guy. Who didn't wet the sponge? Yeah, thumbs down. He was a bad guy. (laughs) You got to wet that sponge, Percy. (laughs) Yeah. I think he played Janos in Ghostbusters 2, didn't he? You know, Ghostbusters 2 registered so little with me, I don't remember much about it. He played, if it is the same guy, he played Janos in Ghostbusters 2, where the guy's like, hello, baby, where's the baby? (laughs) And then uh, he also played Fish in Allie McBeal, the series. Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh, that's a good. That was a good, good show. Does that you know count? What's going on? You count that as a half <laughs> point. With your scarf now, I just am now seeing the top of it. You have it bunned up in the top, mm-hmm. and you look like uh, Genie from I Dream of Genie. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going for, Chuck. Thank you for noticing. All right, two more. <laughs> I think your second gin and tonic kicked in. That's what I think. You are staging a furious comeback, and I'm going to flip-flop these because I'm pretty sure you've seen the last one, and I want some intrigue. So I'm going to say a little movie about a doctor on the run called The Fugitive. Oh, yeah. I saw that the other day, as a matter of fact. Doesn't hold up very well. Tommy Lee Jones is good, as uh, of course. But um, You like Harrison Ford garbage. 
It's not so much Harrison Ford. He's just kind of there almost. He does a serviceable job, um, serviceable and workmanlike. But it's, his name's not Armand DeSante, but that guy. You mean the bad guy? Yes, the guy who turns out to be the bad guy. You think it's his friend at first, but he turns out to actually have been the guy who betrayed him. Yeah, that is uh, John Houston's son, Danny Houston. What? Angelica Houston's brother. What? I'm pretty sure, right? That guy has never been named Danny a day in his life. Are you sure? <laughs> do you do live lookups in this show? Oh, no, 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 no. I know. You're talking about the the bad guy who actually... There are two bad guys in The Fugitive. Yeah. What bad guy are you talking about? I, I, I can only think of the one. Uh, Do- Dr. Charles Nichols is a main antagonist in The Fugitive. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, okay. Him. What the fuck? Him? I'm way off. Jerome Jeroen Crabbe. That guy looks much more like that than a Danny Houston. (laughs) Also, uh, he played the Bond villain. He played a Bond villain, Georgi Koskoff. How did I think that was Danny Houston? I don't know. They kind of look alike. Are you sure? Well, I'm looking it up now. Danny Houston. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Jeroen... Crabbe. Yeah, yeah. I was t- so wrong. Is Danny Houston even in The Fugitive? I don't think so. But look him up. I mean, he's... It looks like Julianne Moore was in there, and I don't remember her being in it. But that reminds me that I saw... Oh, look, they have a pronunciation of the guy's name under his trivia. Oh, really? Yeroon <laughs> Crabbe. Wow, we were way off. This This brings me back to stuff you should know. But Julianne what, Moore, being really wrong? she was in The Children of Men, and I watched that the other day. That is one of the best movies ever made from start yeah. to finish. There is not a moment in there that's superfluous or boring or drags. It's just a superbly done yeah. movie. Master filmmaker. Who is it? Wasn't that uh, Denis Villeneuve? Oh, well, that would explain a lot if it were. I think so. Okay. All right, dude, this is it. So that was the one you weren't sure of. This is the one you are sure I've seen. No, no, no. The Fugitive, I was pretty sure you had oh, seen. Oh, okay. Oh, man. I'm I flip-flopped so him to bring intrigue so that you, you can equalize or you can uh That explains the intrigue comment. Okay, it makes more sense now. <laughs> All right, quit messing with that scarf. I, it's going to fall off. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And then what'll happen? <laughs> and then the, the your audio is going to bleed out into this microphone, and then you'll be sorry. All right, uh, here we go. Last one. Mm-hmm. A movie starring Jack Nicholson. Okay. Featuring Talk Soup guy. What was his name? Craig Kinnear. As good as it gets. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it, All Chuck. Right. I've seen it. I saw it. I saw it as good as it gets. I saw it, everybody. I told you it usually comes down to the wire. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was tense. This is like uncut gems. But for me... And I haven't even seen Uncut Gems. Oh, man, that was great. I'm glad you equalized. That's fantastic. That was a great movie. There was a great dog in there, the uh, Brussels Griffin. I don't remember the dog's name, but do you remember the dog with the little beard? Yeah, I mean, sort of Momo-esque, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Not entirely, but uh, definitely in the same wheelhouse as Mo, although there's only one Mo. Yeah, there's only one Mo. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to, this is supersized, and I appreciate your time, but we do want to finish up with uh, a little segment called Stream This, where you talk about what you've been watching uh, 
during the lockdown. So recommend some stuff and tell everyone what's shitty. <laughs> I have seen a couple of good things. Um, have you seen Horse Girl? Movie starring <laughs> Alison Brie? <laughs> Oh no no! I saw a different thing, but it had, it wasn't a movie. You're thinking of Zoo, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is different. No, this is a really great movie um, that Allison Brie co-wrote. And I like her. It is out there, man, out there. Like the level of um, imagination and intelligence, uh-huh. um, but also like humility. Like she plays a very um, kind of fractured woman in this in this uh, this movie. Um, it, it's just, it doesn't, it's not hard to watch. It's not hard to get into. It's not hard to get. It, it's just a wonderful movie where you could tell, like somebody went to her and said like, Hey, you know, you've made it. What's, what's your, what's the movie you want to do? And, you know, so frequently people will do a movie that means a lot to them, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean a lot to everybody else. This one was maybe the best of that variety I've ever seen. Wow, that's great. Yeah. I think she's awesome. Yeah, she does great uh, in it. All right. I just wrote that down. What's that on streaming on? Is it new or is I'm it? I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It's it's okay. from 2020. Um, I think it came out at the very beginning of 2020. That's a good one. Is it my all turn right, again else? or your turn? Are you, no. are you just asking me? Yeah. I mean, I think we talked on stuff you should know. I'll, I'll mention it here real quick, though. Uh, Hodgman was on and he said that he was in a show called Red Oaks. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard of it, but it's an Amazon Prime show, mm-hmm. kind of Caddyshack-esque about a kid in the 80s that works at a, a tennis club, right? a golf and tennis country club. So Emily and I have been binging through that, and it's they're 30 minutes, and it's really just very easy to watch. Fun and funny, well-acted, great, great 80s soundtrack. That's wonderful. Uh, and I've been digging it. Did you ever see that? See Red Oaks? Yeah. No, I haven't. How's Hodgman doing okay. it? Well, he hasn't appeared yet. I'm through the first, like, five or six of season one. Okay. And he has not appeared, so I'm not sure when he pops It'll up. It'll be delightful when he does. It's always a little shocking, too. <laughs> Have you? It is. Have you seen Coraline? I never saw Coraline. Oh, dude, you got to see it. He is, like, one of the main characters. Um, he yeah. does the voice of the dad. And it's a great movie in and of itself, but um, it makes it—it's not hard to watch because you're like, holy cow, it's Hodgman, and he's killing it. Um yeah. But every once in a while that does happen. It doesn't like suck you out of the narrative or anything like that. But it's a really good movie. It's a very enjoyable movie. Um, I think written by Neil Gaiman or based on a Neil Gaiman book right. or short story or something like that. But it's animated. And uh, Hodgman really, really knocks it out of the park. Well, we are in a great position because we know a very small handful of like genuinely – semi-famous tv and film actors (laughs) like it's just enough to where it's like oh cool they're in that right but i imagine if you know a lot of people it's it might be hard to watch movies sometimes yeah i think you kind of lose a little something you lose that suspension of disbelief from it you know i think so like oh that's my friend and he owes me 50 bucks that (laughs) sob you're still fucking with that scarf (laughs) it's coming apart i got it now i got it now i'm done Um, All right, what else do you want to recommend? Let's see. Um, You know, I'm super into riff tracks. That's always been a very comforting thing, especially like if you need some distraction or escapism. Uh It's wonderful because the movies they they do, riff tracks is like the guys from the second iteration of MST3K doing Mm -hmm. their own thing. Um, So the movies themselves are escapist, but then the jokes that they're laying on top of the movies 
Yeah. It's doubly escapist. But the one, I can watch this over and over again. It's the Rift Tracks version of City of the Dead, which is okay. a Christopher Lee movie. Um, oh, yeah. When he was a kid, basically, he was a young Christopher Lee. And it's kind of, it's untoward. Was he ever young? It's weird. <laughs> like, he's still an old man, but he's a young yeah. old man. <laughs> and like, and this is the most disturbing part of the whole movie that Christopher Lee is in his sexual prime. So you can imagine him like trying to like go <laughs> score at a singles bar or something like that. That is not Ew. how you ever want to think of Christopher Lee. So that no. that automatically out of the gate makes makes it even more unsettling. So that's one I've been watching. I can watch that again and again. Um, let's see. I rewatched uh, the Ninth Gate, which is a wonderful movie. Starring, I never saw that. It's a Johnny Depp movie. I think. Polanski directed yeah. it. Yeah. And it's one of those movies where you can watch it anytime. Like if it ever came on TNT, you know, TNT mm-hmm. used to like show something for a month straight or two yeah. months straight. Like that's the kind of movie you could just watch anytime it came on. It's just like that. And it goes all over the world. But somehow it's like, like we learned a Agatha Christie novel is like a cozy mystery. Yeah. It has a it has that element to it somehow even though it's all over the place and Satan's involved and all that but it's a really cozy satanism cozy cozy satanic <laughs> horror movie but it's good Johnny Depp just kills it he's he's doing some good stuff which by the way um you should check out this is not um fiction actually there's a YouTube guy who does something called um incredibly average and he's like deconstructing the Johnny Depp Amber Heard battle Uh, to say like who's actually telling the truth and whose lawyers are doing what. And this guy's doing this incredibly comprehensive, like journalistic quality investigation into it. He's just some guy as far as anybody knows. Wow. Yeah. But it's, it's really something to, to watch kind of unfold. You've been watching that too? Yeah, a little bit. That's more Yumi's (laughs) jam, but she fills me in on it every time. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, And let's see what else. Stranger than fiction. Rewatch that. Great movie. It is a really good movie. Um, I was a little worried it wasn't going to hold up, but it definitely did. Tremors, rewatched that. Amazing. Um, I saw Who Killed the Electric Car for the first time last night. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. No, I never saw that. It's a, it's you know, a legendary documentary, but it's also from yeah. 2006. So it's really quaint to see everybody up in arms about the idea that the automobile right. industry and the fossil fuel industry got together and killed the electric car. It's like... No shit, you know, <laughs> like this is, it's just so, such an afterthought these days that like, that's the yeah. kind of stuff that goes on. And at the time they're like really up in a froth about this. And they're talking about how global, global warming and climate change could become a problem in the future. And it's just it's 2006, 2006. And it really wow. reminds you of how much things have changed in the last 14 years, even in the last yeah. 10 years, you know, like we're, it's 2020, 2010 was 10 years ago and it was a different world in 2010. Yeah. So in it's one crazy. sense, it was kind of kind of like going to grandma's house, you know, and getting like milk and cookies made for you, <laughs> like that level of quaintness. But at the same time, it was depressing because it just pointed out how yeah. how shitty everything's gotten in the interim. So uplift or quaint and then depressing. Yeah, at the same time, not even one after the other. It's simultaneous. So you just sit there until you get a stomach ache and the movie is over. So it doesn't lift you up and carry it with you like... Uh... Master and Commander? No. No, I wouldn't <laughs> say that for their movie poster, even if they asked me. All right, dude. Well, this was a lot of fun. This was a tremendous amount of fun, Chuck. And again, from start to finish, a real honor. Thank you very much for having me. Like, I really mean it. This is this is nice. Of course. I hope I did you proud. 
Yeah, man. And these are, I mean, these movie crushes have been uh, a lot of fun because I'm getting to uh, Skype in with people that, I mean, it's become like a social thing here during quarantine. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to do this again. When I went up to make my second drink, I told Emily, I was like, I wonder if like you, me and Josh and you and me should all do a mini crush. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. She was like, that would be awesome. And I said, everybody would flip if we did that. Yeah. Yeah. I will sign you, me up right now. All right, we'll pitch that to her. That could be a lot of fun. Uh, do you have two? Do you have two microphones? Um, well, we're pretty pretty close, so we could sit next to one another, or I can get another <laughs> mic. But we could share a mic. <laughs> you know, we kiss sometimes. Oh, all right. Yeah, even during quarantine. Maybe we'll kiss it on Skype for you. Oh wow, <laughs> pretty, pretty sexy. Uh, so thanks to everyone for listening. I know this is going to be a big hit with everybody. And uh, thanks again, my friend. And we will talk to everybody in your ear holes next Monday. Thanks, dude. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.